Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Cheers from the Press Box. My name is Brennan Tassif. I'm joined today by the wonderful Joe Dorva. What's going on, Joe? What's going on, man? Not much. Today, we just kind of want to recap some of the stuff that's happened but uh, between Monday and now. And then also, we want to preview a couple of things. First, let's talk about last night, Heat Celtics. I uh, thought the Celtics were going to come back, getting Gordon Hayward back, winning game three. Uh, couldn't do it, though. Lost by three points to the Heat. Uh, where, where are you at on this series? Um, I, I I owe everybody in Heat Nation an apology. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, against conventional wisdom that the team that, you know, was once in the Eastern Conference Finals, just not, but two years ago, um, would have grown and developed enough uh, – to make it to the finals this year. I uh, sharply misjudged Jimmy Butler. Still not saying he's the best player on the team. But um, yeah, him, Goran, Goran. I didn't think about it, but um, the time off gave Goran time to heal as well. Um, We were talking about Hayward getting better, getting right. But a lot of the Heat's guys were banged up as well. So he had a good game, and then uh, Black Lives Matter had the game of his life, um, dropping 37 points as a rookie in the playoffs. I can't believe that. Jesus Christ, that kid is amazing. Yeah, he, uh, it, it was insane. I I agree with you, and I still agree with you. Um, the Celtics have been through this now. Was it three out of the last four years? Yeah. And a lot of people in NBA circles always say, well, you know, the young teams, you know, they'll show flashes of brilliance, but they can't keep it together for a seven game series. It's the older, more seasoned teams that have been through it before that always pull it out. And that's what I thought going into this series. I thought the Heat had a nice run, but it was going to stop at the Celtics. And that is yeah, not the somehow case. Somehow the Celtics are the, it's, or they are young, but somehow they are also the more seasoned team. Yeah. And Tyler Hero is last night made it look easy. Yeah. No. Uh, Black Lives Matter was five of 10 from the three point line, four of four from the free throw. I mean, is that yeah. his nickname? Is that what we're huh? calling it? Is that what you guys, is that that's what you're calling on his jersey? Oh, is it? Yeah, that's what he's rocking on his jersey. He's rocking Black Lives Matter. My, um, my favorite still in the bubble is Millsap because his number is four and then he yeah, put a vote, vote at for the top Millsap. of his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. But no, Hero, Hero had, he was tied for the most uh, field goal attempts and he by far made the most shots. He was 14 of 21, which is absurd. Um, yeah, that's yeah. No, that's, the kid is the truth, man. Like, I really thought Gordon Hayward was gonna uh, do more. <clears throat> I mean, like we talked about last week, he's he's creating. He can create. He can move the ball around, but he's just not. Mm-hmm. His shooting's been off, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. His biggest asset on the court is creating space. He he spaces the floor and uh, he gives them another dimension, but. Um, Tatum, uh, sorry, Black Lives Matter needs to get uh, going a little more. He had zero in the first half. He ended up with 28, which is pretty insane. But, you know, uh, they lost by three. A couple made buckets in the first half. And uh, 
we're looking at a different game. But now that he are up 3-1, and I look like an idiot because, I mean, what, for two series now, I've been saying the Heat are going to lose. And, uh, yeah, no, they're shoving it right back down my throat. Well, tonight, <clears throat> 9 o'clock TNT, we've got your Nuggets, our Nuggets. Our Nuggets, thank you. Taking on uh, the Lakers. Lakers are up in this series 2-1. If it wasn't, I know everyone says, oh, if it wasn't for that crazy AD shot, the Nuggets would be up 2-1. I'm going to say that as well. <laughs> but that's the thing about the series is you know that they, the Lakers would be playing differently if the series was tied 1-1 in game yeah, three. Um, but it's it's been crazy. Murray's been off the charts. That deep three he took basically from the locker room to seal the last Jeez. game. Um, and it's a lot of his passing and kind of opening up the floor. Um, Jokic did not have a good game the last game, uh, only 22 points. He looked like he was going to be on fire after the first quarter and then kind of tapered off. 22 and 10. I just, I, you know, it just wasn't a dominant 22 and 10, if that makes any sense. Normally, well, go ahead. <laughs> dominant 22 and 10. Um, no, I'd say um, his importance was uh, in the beginning half of the game. It took Murray a little while to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grant really came on between the second and the third. Yeah, Grant so, played uh, out of his mind, and they got him from Oklahoma City for nothing. Yeah, they did. That was a great trade. I, I love that trade. Um, I always thought he could be the third guy. Um, and then they got Porter to eventually become the third guy. But Grant's a great role player. But So you called that on the Grant thing. You, you saw that kind of coming? No, 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 no. Okay. I was going to say, because when I lived, in, I lived in Oklahoma City for a little while, so I, I kind of got to know the Thunder team, and I've always kind of followed them. Wait, and do then you when, mean see it coming like this game or just as a player? No, as a player in general, oh, because... I saw him being a, a better than average player, yeah. Okay. Um, I remember we, him coming out of Syracuse. Uh, yeah, no, he was a good player. I didn't know. I didn't know. I've, I had been waiting when it was going to happen. Yeah, I, I thought maybe it was one of those things where it was, you know... It, he had the potential, but of course, yeah, never fulfill it. Just in there becoming littered, a yeah, type or, of guy. Yeah, yeah, rosters are littered with guys who had potential. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was kind of fearing, but I still liked him because of his defensive numbers, and um, he could get shot. He actually once he got to Denver, he started developing a three point shot more and more. So like as that progressed, I was like, okay, maybe they're adding something to his game that other teams didn't ask of him. I think this team, um, the Nuggets, is going to be a formidable team moving forward, not only in this playoffs, but it seems like all those guys want to play together. They all want to be there. You don't hear yeah, anything they, from they Murray. They really enjoy each other. Yeah, and it's it's weird because in this in this generation now of player empowerment, which is an awesome thing because, you know, these players can finally kind of dictate where they want to go and who they want to play with. But at the same time, you don't have that old school like loyalty to the team. And the teams obviously don't deserve it. It's a billion dollar yeah. enterprise and they treat the players like garbage. But it's so cool to see these guys. They're like, "No, we're good. We want to like we want to play together. Like we're we're having fun here." When all these guys Whoa. are normally moving around and stuff, it's it's nice to see. This is a weird team. I don't want to say uh, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but in the same mold as uh, Golden State, you got Murray who was drafted, Jokic who was drafted, Harris who was drafted, uh, Porter who was drafted by the team, Morris who was drafted by the team. Sorry, Black Lives Matter who had fourteen <laughs> off the bench. Tory Craig was pulled out of fucking the European League. Bowl, bowl eventually when he gets to it. Uh, PJ Dozier, who didn't get any playing time in this game, but I, I add you. Um, 
Yeah, all those guys are homegrown talents. And you had Millsap, who was brought over, free agency, Grant, who was traded for, and Plumlee, who's a bit of a journeyman. But yeah, a lot of these guys have grown up together. And once you have that cohesion, you really don't want that to um, be affected in any way. And any everybody understands their role. I don't think anybody thinks they're they have that delusion of grandeur that think they're better than they are. They know they've all kind of bought into the system. Well, and the crazy statistic about it, uh, Murray highest drafted player on the team and he yeah, went seven, seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, those guys want to play together. Is, like you I said, mean, cause we're thinking, but kind of akin to the warriors. Steph yeah. was the highest drafted player before they got KD of course, but Steph was at seven. Yeah. And it's, it's, I love to see it. Um, and we'll talk about this Monday when I do uh, for my walk off. It's a lot mm-hmm. about um, underdogs, but I love to see it when all these guys kind of get together. And, you know, Joker was picked, what, 42nd and then yeah, second rounder. Yeah. Murray's the highest pick at seven. And they're kind of all like, let's let's show A.D. and LeBron James two number one picks how we play basketball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, and I mean, A.D. and Murray have that uh, Kentucky connection, both playing for Coach Cal and yep. uh, understanding that uh, a team is, you know, you have to make sacrifices for the team because especially when they go to Kentucky, they try to get a bunch of great players and then it's like, all right, let's figure it out. So a lot of people's individual games kind of suffer. Um, and a lot of like uh, Bam out of Bayou as well and Tyler Hero as well. A lot of their individual games suffer that year in college. But then when they get to the NBA and they're allowed more room to grow, they flourish. And everybody's like, well, I'd never seen this when he was at Kentucky. It's like, well, because he was playing with like five other top 10 recruits. Yeah, because he so. wasn't getting any playing time at Kentucky. That's why you yeah, never he saw wasn't it. told to take every shot. You don't have to take every big shot. Like we have other guys that could do it. So guys relied on each other so you see that same uh reliance they take that to the league even though they do then propel their game yeah absolutely let's uh transition now into some football you want to what do you want to do first you want to recap monday or you want to talk about thursday uh let's let's recap monday um, all right so i guess say what i said the prior week um, for those that don't know and need to hear, uh, Drew Brees is washed. Oh, um, he said it. <laughs> Drew Brees is washed. Uh, I looked at everybody from this past weekend and uh, I looked at everybody's completed air yards. Drew Brees has by far the lowest with 2.6. Uh, wow. He can't get the ball down the field. He can't complete a pass down the field. Um, he's not attempting many passes down the field. I don't know how you intend to stretch the field if you can't stretch the field. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what their recourse is going to be. At some point, do they decide we go with Jameis or the $16 million man who throws less than 10 passes in his career? Um, yeah, I don't know what their their course of action is going to be. Yeah, I um, it's interesting because everyone's been saying for the last, I think, three years or so, uh, maybe Drew Brees is washed. Maybe he doesn't have it anymore. They were putting Taysom Hill in to complete some deep yard passes. And then um, last year when he got injured, everyone was kind of looking around like, OK, this is it. This is it. And then he came back yeah. and they played really well. Um, but this and year, Teddy held them I know you called it in the game that. one of the season with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, the the washed up QB bowl. But he yeah. just doesn't 
he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like he can get the ball down the field. I'm sure his decision making is still there, but he had one touchdown, one interception, you know, um, <clears throat> threw for under 300 yards. And it was just, excuse me, 312 yards, 26 to 38. But it just was a lot of dink and dunk. And it yeah, just a didn't look. A lot of look, laboring, a lot of. He didn't uh, look like Drew Brees from, you know, five years ago. I was going to say, just to give and you. And how about a, the Raiders? I was going to say, just to give you a bit Derek of Derek Carr looked like utter trash in that first half. Oh, yeah. That's what, I mean, for the first quarter. Well, Hang on a second. I can't hear you anymore. Hello? Did my shit fuck up? We're going to have to cut all this. So Derek Carr looked like trash, but that was only in the first half. Um, uh, I'd say it was even the first quarter because then they tied it back up uh, before the end of the half, right? 17-17 going to Yeah, pass. so that was the thing. Was the Yeah, the first quarter, he had some of those errant balls, um, way, like some bad overthrows, especially to Ruggs, yeah. and then... Uh, John Gruden looked very upset with some of the passes that he was making. And then um, and then he just kind of found it, turned it on, ended up with three touchdowns. He did have under 300 yards, but still, uh, you know, you can't beat that. Three touchdowns, no picks, uh, 284 yards, 28 to 38. So I think Derek yeah, Carr, no picks that. he might be coming into his own in this John Gruden offense. Because I know everyone knows John Gruden didn't want him as his quarterback. So, oh, yeah. Full disclosure to all the listeners, we had some serious technical difficulties, so we're just picking it back up. <laughs> um, I will say a, a, a funny stat to look at is uh, the yak difference. Uh, Drew Brees relied on yak way more than Carr did yeah. because Carr can get it in the air. So yeah, and that's, that's the thing, another Carr sign that your quarterback push it down the field. Um, Waller, I I love this guy. Uh, you probably saw him last year on uh, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks, yeah. Yeah, was, this guy's made a full star turn now. Yeah, and I've got a I got a soft spot in my heart for anybody who deals with addiction Recovery. issues and then comes back and can play and play well. So, whenever t- every time I see him get the ball, I always turn to my girlfriend. I go, him, him, him. That's the guy I'm talking about. <laughs> but I was and boy, did he get the ball? Sixteen targets, twelve receptions. Yep. 103 yards touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. he's, I'm happy for him. He's made a full turnaround and it looks like if he can stay on the straight and narrow, he's going to be, he's going to be in that George Kittle, uh, um, kind of mold as far as one of the most important players on the team, a la Jason Witten, like seven years ago. <laughs> this wasn't who's on that team. Really. I know. I was um, so also, shocked. <laughs> shout out to Josh Jacobs. Uh, didn't get a, Great per carry, but no, what was it? 3.3, I think, is what it ended at. Yeah, something like that. But, um, I will say while looking at these stats, it looks like Gruden is uh becoming more uh modern versus what people think. Because, I mean, a testament to how modern your offense is, how much first down runs you're doing, first and second down runs. And he only had four, five first down runs for the entire game. Oh, really? Which means he's letting Carr throw the ball on earlier downs, getting in better field position and stuff like that. So yeah, because uh, a lot of the analytics now say that if you run the ball on first down, it's a waste. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it appears he's listening to his people and he's trying new things. Look at and they. I mean, through two games, they look pretty good. Their defense doesn't look great, especially in the first game where they gave up 30 to Carolina. Yeah, that was... A mess. That might just be a beginning season rust with no preseason. Yeah, that's what I, that's what All I'm right, thinking. All right, Brennan. 
I've held you back long enough. Let's get into We are Jags Podcast. Thursday Night Football. The Miami Dolphins coming into TIAA Bank Field. The Bank taking on my Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the battle of the beard versus the stash. The journeyman versus the young gunslinger. Um, big game, huge game. Battle for Florida. Big game. One of the games, uh, one of the only games probably this season the Jaguars are favored in. We do have stand, fans in the stands, so mm. we will have a home field advantage. Uh, want to talk about some notable uh, people who are out, some uh, notable players that are out. Byron Jones, Dude. the corner for uh, the Dolphins that they paid a ton of money from. Oh, wow. Got from uh, Dallas is not playing as well as uh, – well, no, that's actually the only uh, – Big starter that's out for them. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Jaguars, though. Brandon Linder, our anchor on the offensive line, has been with the team for a long time now. Uh, The captain. center, right? Yeah, the captain of uh, one of the captains on the offense is out. Um, And DJ Shark, who's our best receiver, is questionable for this game. DJ Shark came down on an awkward angle um, in one of his uh, touchdown catches last week. And he's. I'm surprised it wasn't a concussion because he had got beamed in the head on one like amazing third down catch. It was like a, it was a short pass and then he ran it up and he got clocked. And I was like, how is he surviving? Yeah, that's this? actually not, not the reason why he's, I know, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, resting. I'm it's, it's, uh, not that. it's a back slash, uh, chest injury is just what it's labeled as. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of hurts because Didi's out too. Didi Westbrook is out. The cousin of famed Philly running back, Brian Westbrook. Um, mm-hmm. he's going to be out for today's game. So we're going to, we're going to lean heavy yeah, on the rookie the out of Cal- uh, Colorado. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, LaVisca. Huh? LaVisca. Yeah, LaVisca. Uh, Chinook. Ah, oh, damn it. I, I'm never going to be able to pronounce it. I know. That. It's uh, <laughs> number 10. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> um, he needs to get a lot more coverage in the national media for me to remember his name. I mean, I, I it's weird because I know his name, but it's pretty difficult to pronounce. So I'm always just kind of yeah. like. Especially if you're looking at it. Yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to pull it up. Junior. That's his Junior. name. <laughs> Chenault. Yeah. Chenault. Lavishka Chenault. Okay. Asmalam wow. Alaikum. Lachayim. Whatever you want to say. I was going to say, he sounds Jewish to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the rookie out of Colorado, and it was weird. When we drafted him, I was kind of nervous because he had some injury issues in Colorado. Um, yeah. We're still missing our starting safety. So we've got Andrew Wingarden, uh, the had a heroic game in game one with the interception of Phillip Rivers. And then in game two, looked like he couldn't cover um, anything, uh, was getting beat on all sorts of uh, coverages. So uh, it's it's nerve wracking. We're favored to win the game. Uh, it's at home. We're favored, I think, by three and a half. I'm excited. I think Garner Minshew is going to pick apart this defense, especially with Byron Jones out. Um, I think Fitzmagic is dead this year and i think miles jack is going to show it to him but uh i have one question go ahead what's your take what's that what's happening not a take just one question well two questions first question what can you tell me about james robinson because i never heard of this guy and he looks very good yeah undrafted um rookie free agent he is coming out of illinois state uh five he's Mm. a power back five nine two nineteen which is kind of the thing that we do is uh run power uh, one we run a one cut back system. Okay. Uh, so he's got one touchdown on the year, 164 yards, averages 5.1 yards a carry on 32 attempts. Only 22 years old. 
Uh, but there's nothing else really to talk about. We got, we picked him up because, um, they had a feeling that, you know, they were trying to trade Leonard Fournette and get him out of there. They got Chris yeah. Thompson out of uh, Washington, who actually replaced my man, Alfred Morris, for the uh, Washington yeah, football he team. And then he tore his leg up. Yeah. And then, um, so uh, Jay Gruden went out and got him. But I don't know. It's a weird thing with some of these undrafted guys, and you see it all the time, is like we talked about on a few episodes ago. It's opportunity and reps. Um, yeah. There's not, especially as the running back position, there's not a ton that separates, you know, the top tier guys from other guys other than offensive line and then, you know, making plays. So, yeah, he had something to prove. And, you know, he's a power back. So I, I'm I'm really happy with the way things have worked out uh, after week one. It looked awesome when Leonard Fournette was talking all that shit and <laughs> played like garbage. But I don't know. I'm excited about the game tonight. I'm glad we have a nationally televised game for the Jaguars. Again, I will die on this hill. It is a young team. It is not a bad team. It is an unproven team. It is not a garbage team. And anybody who wants to tell me different can at me at Brennan T Comedy. What's up? Well, I'm just hoping Devontae Parker has a touchdown for my fantasy team. The other question <laughs> I had, was uh, are you a beard or a mustache guy? Well, I always rock the beard. Um, I did wear a mustache. You can actually YouTube my oh dedication boy. to Garner Minshew. I did a comedy show oh um, with a headband on, sunglasses, the Minshew mustache <laughs> in my underwear. Um, you can YouTube that. That's up there. But oh uh, so I, I, I just can't. I can't now. rock it um, like Garner can. Uh, I've always been a beard guy, and few can, huh? I said few can rock it I like know, Gardner man. And, he's, <laughs> and if you, I think it's the whole package with the hair and then he wears the headband and then he's got that stash. looks like a porn star 70 stash. He's just. And the RV. Yeah. <laughs> I love Fitzmagic's beard though. It's that's like a Vikings, oh, yeah. something out of Game of Thrones kind of thing. How it yeah, sticks out of his face mask and everything. Ah, oh. That's something out of the Revenant. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm hoping the Jazz can pull it out. Hoping for a big win, um, and we'll see what happens. Speaking of, I hope so too because I picked them in the pick. Good, good. I'm glad because I've been picking them every week. And week one, I looked like a genius, and week two, you. it looked bad. So we'll see what happens. Trust me, I'm 0 and 2 on my Eagles. Uh, oh, so man. at least you got one win. They're going to pick it back up. The Eagles, the Eagles will pick it back up. Yeah, we got Cincinnati. Hopefully, the defense on to Cincinnati the DBs can correct themselves, um, and Carson and the offense could stop winding up for those big break em plays. And yeah, you gotta get. He's just gotta get rid of it. Just get it, get it. You know, get it down the just field. Build the your confidence. Up. Stop trying to go for the home run every single time. Yeah. All right, we've got a lot of college football postponements. My Florida Atlantic Owls, again, postponed yep. for the USF game. This is three. They're the second game of the season three. so far? We were supposed to play Minnesota. Three. Well, Minnesota game was canceled, and then the last two against Georgia Southern oh, okay. and now USF have both been postponed. So we should be. Just- I want to talk about the USF one because the USF one was triggered by Notre Dame. Oh, was because it? Because Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause Nord- because Notre Dame had initially four positives and then that became seven positives um and then usf played them last so usf said we're gonna take time that's why okay so last week our game got postponed because we had 11 positive tests and then they were you know so they just postponed baby and then this week they said because of contact tracing the game was postponed and i was like well all of our tests have been like all of our positives have been cleared up 
So I didn't yeah, know. No, it was the USF in Notre Dame. I still don't know if USF has had any, but they're taking precaution because Notre Dame had some and they just played each other over the weekend. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more yeah. sense then. I was so confused at the time. But uh, I also want to talk about Houston. Have you been paying attention to Houston this year? No. What happened? So Houston has had three, four home openers, well, four season openers canceled already canceled but it's never it's never their fault which is kind of the funny and sad thing so their first game of the season was against memphis memphis had some outbreaks so they had to push that back and then they had a so they quickly lined up a game against (laughs) baylor and then baylor on friday night before saturday Called them and was like, yeah, we got to cancel the game. We have a, we're have we having a mini outbreak. So then that got pushed back. So then they rescheduled the game against North Texas for this weekend. And then North Texas is like, yeah, we can't play. We're, we're having outbreaks. <clears throat> yeah, so, so they're in the, they're in the same boat as FAU. Yet. They should have had yeah. three games so far and none of them. They should have had three games so far. And all of them has been postponed. This is incredibly it's, frustrating, it's, uh, I'm sure, for college football fans, but also for the, the teams themselves, because a lot of these players push real hard to get the season going, and now like they can't play. And I, I, I you know, applaud the schools for taking the precautions, even if it is just lip service to try and yeah. make it, you know, for the optics. But still, at the same time, it's got to be. I know as a fan. Um, of FAU football, it's been real frustrating the last like three or four weeks to be like, yeah, and then no. <laughs> but I couldn't imagine being a player on that team and practicing. We're talking about practice. Well, well that's a, that was one of my things. Um, I mean, way back when the outbreak started and uh, me and my buddies just in our small circle were wondering if college football would come back um, before I made my decree to not watch this year. It was more or less, okay, there's grown people out here acting reckless and getting this. Do you trust 18 to 22 year olds on a college campus in a college town to be diligent and not get it? Even if not, even if just by happenstance, these kids kind of walk around like they're invincible. And oh, yeah. Think of think if you're the quarterback of uh, the Memphis team and your receiver got it. Now you're mad at your receiver. Like, what the fuck were you doing? Well, yeah. And, so and just, not only that, but the offensive line, if two or three yeah. of those guys get it, the entire continuity of the offense is Everybody. gone. So it's like we have we keep talking about these kids when we talk about them in football terms, they're men. But then in actuality, they're fucking kids, yo. Yeah, they're and trust me. I know. I I don't know how you acted when you were in college, but I was reckless. I I wasn't super reckless, but I know I wouldn't have been at home every day. Yeah, well, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. If this because right now. Just a sidebar, but right now with being living in Florida and you're in Georgia, so I'm back at work. Yeah. I know you're working. It's one of those things where it's, it's odd to say, but it's easy almost to forget that there's a, a pandemic going on. Cause I wake up, I go to the gym, I come home, I get ready, I go to work on the weekends. I work at both jobs. So I'm, I'm working a double and just you get into that mindset of like, Oh, everything's kind of back to normal. And that's I'm yeah. I'm sure that's how it is on these campuses. The kids get into campus, yeah, no, for sure. they're going to practice, they're going to class, and then they're like, you know what? I'm working my butt off. I want to go blow off some steam at a party. And because they're already in that routine of everything going how it normally goes, you almost yeah. forget that there's something crazy going on. 
I mean, once you're saying you're getting to the point where you're saying I'm going to that party, you clearly forgot. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah. Or you're just like, whatever. I'm a six foot two, 260 pound offensive lineman. I'm invincible. And then something happens and you get it. And then your whole team is screwed. So I just the, the NFL has handled it, obviously, a little bit different than college athletics. And I I'm very between the NHL, the NFL and um the NBA, NBA, it's WNBA. Yeah, it's awesome how they've been able to maintain such a low count of positive tests. But college athletics just looks well, my like my thing. My thing. My theory with that always was: these are adults, yeah, and they're going to not jeopardize their financial earnings. Yeah, exactly. And you- <laughs> these kids don't really have anything dissuading them other than you playing on Saturday. But it's like. Okay, whether I play on Saturday, there's still no extra benefit, so I'm gonna just live my normal life. Like you're, you're only in college once. Yeah, well, and that's situation. that's the big thing. Obviously, yeah. is that if I said, "Hey, you're gonna lose your financial means if you go out and act like an idiot," then you'd be like, "Okay, I won't go out and act like an idiot." Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm staying home. I'm already married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are they? They're not gonna take these kids' scholarships away. Like, what are they gonna do? Exactly. All right. So, yeah. Where do we want to go next? We can talk NHL or we can talk Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, let's get into the NHL. Yeah, let's do let's it. Steven Stamkos is back. We are the Thunder. Is back. Here we go. <laughs> lightning, lightning. Wrong. Uh, no, the rain phenomenon. No, they are the lightning. And then on the commercials, it, the fans, we are the Thunder. Oh. Okay. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shouts out to Tyler Ritter, my old roommate who got me into the lightning a few years ago. <laughs> we used to watch every one of those episodes. Now my dog is barking. Please excuse that. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, Steven Samkos is back, uh, scored a goal within seven minutes of the, the first game returning. Uh, lightning win big. What do you, what's going on? What, what are we thinking? Um, I mean, we said it last episode. I think the Lightning are going to win. I saw that Stamkos is not certain for the next game. Do you know why that is? Are they just trying to rest him as much yeah, as they can? Yeah, I think, can? yeah, with him coming back, I think they're trying to play it extra careful. I mean, they won that game 5-2. I know they dropped yeah. the first one, but now they've won two in a row. So I think it's going to be one of those things where they kind of almost keep them keep rested Unless they yeah. have, you know what I mean? Like, unless it's Probably like sit them for four, play them for five. Yeah, exactly. Depending on the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that they have been over the past, like with two, three years, one of the best teams in the NHL. And they've been just trying, knocking at the door, trying to get over this hump. And I think this is the time. Uh, Dallas has been known to flurry in goals, but. The Lightning looked poised to get this done this year. Yeah, it, it, and I know we said that last year and the year before and the year before, but <laughs> I really think now that they're in the finals, you know, the hardest part in hockey is getting to the finals. And now that they're in the finals, yeah. I honestly think that they're gonna they're gonna make big things happen. I think it's gonna be over in five. I think the Lightning win this series four one. Put it down, Ooh. mark it. Stamkos is back. Ooh. Kuchi's playing out of his mind. Nikita Kucherov. It's 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 over. And I feel like uh, we're obliged now that we're officially a sports show to say, I don't know who the goalie is, but he's standing on top of his head. It's, it's the weird Russian name. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but you just got to say the goalie's on standing on his head. Yeah. He's out yeah, there. Yeah. You know, he's, he's closing all five holes. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, real quick, I just wanted to touch on the DeChambeau thing. We talked about it last week, so I won't spend too much time on it. But um, Well, I had a question for you, actually. Go ahead. 
Um, I didn't know if you had saw the, uh, he did an interview apparently talking about uh, this year, the Masters in November, and then we're going to have two Masters within like six months because Masters come back in April. Um, But he's talking about putting on more uh, muscle. I did see that. So he can crush the ball even more. How did you feel about that? Andre Vaskalevsky, just wanted to get that out there, is the goalie. (laughs) Replaced Ben Bishop for the Lightning, um, and then Ben Bishop was traded. So DeChambeau is talking about adding more weight to put an extra uh, 10 to 15 yards on his drive. He is, I'm a physicist, went to Stanford, like we talked about. He's a very intelligent young man. So even though some of his tactics might be disliked by some of the players on the tour, he, he, he's doing, you know, he's won one major. So we'll see what happens. Um, but it's very much an idea that I'm just going to blast my way out of this. Literally. Mm -hmm. Like, so a lot of, there are some players in on the tour that have, were awesome at that could putt really well or really good up and down. And his philosophy, it seems like is I'm just going to, if I get in the rough, I'll blast my way out of it. If I, you know, driving mm-hmm. off the tee, I'm going to blast my way out of it. So I think the only way to, that the PGA can combat this is um, by shortening the courses, because if you yeah. shorten the course, then you can't just keep firing away like that. I think it's insane that he wants to put on even more weight. Um, I being a big dude myself, I say, good. Like put it all on, get up to like 280, like just start rocking this stuff. But I think um, in the long run, it does affect as someone who lifts a lot. um, I can tell you that it does affect your joints, your flexibility. Um, It'll start to wear on him. Uh, It's hard to carry around all that weight all the time, especially when you're walking up and down 18 holes, you know, three, four, five times a day. Um, So I think he needs to be careful about that. I think it's going to be one of those, uh, would you rather be kind of a good player for a long period of time or a great player mm-hmm. for a short period of time sort of situation? That's situations? what I was going to say because Kornheiser kept harkening back to that. Do you think he's uh, trading long-term success for short-term gain? Yeah, and that's exactly Yeah, and I didn't even hear Tony say that, but listen to me, Tony, like we're buddies. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even hear that, but that's exactly what I thought when um, I did hear that he was going to put on the weight because he putted out of his mind – um, and we yeah, talked about it at uh, Wingfoot, um, but that's not always going to happen. And especially yeah, in golf, so- you miss one putt and then all of a sudden you're in your head and then you get the yips and everybody knows about the yips. They did a How I Met Your Mother show about the yips, but that's a real thing <laughs> in golf. So I think he, I'm convinced that he's convinced he knows what he's doing, if that makes any sense. Mm. He always thinks he's the smartest person in the room and thinks he can outsmart everybody. All I'm going to say is golf's been around for over a hundred years. Um, yeah. So people have all thought of this before. Uh, and I do think he's going to be trading long-term success, even if it's not as um, big of a, as a success. I think he's going to be trading yeah. that for short-term, like meteoric rise. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, two quick things. Uh, I have to... I have to, uh, I'm obliged to say you made a Hamilton reference unbeknownst to you. Um, smartest in the room. Ah. Um, and then, uh, what is it? But I think, keep your mouth I think, shut. uh, <laughs> I think he, uh, I'm torn because I saw that Rory and everybody are saying like, they don't know whether or not this is good for the game. Um, getting bigger and bigger, but it does give him an advantage until they shorten the courses where, Say he will fuck up his putts, but on a five par, if he can get there, if he could get on the green in two strokes, yeah. 
with a driver and a wedge is like that helps you immensely. Yeah. So the PGA's <laughs> response to this is going to be instead of making the courses longer, they'll just shorten them. Yeah. If you can drive it 320, 340, 360 yards, that's awesome. So we're just going to put in a bunch of par, you know, par threes and fours that are only 200 yards. Now mm. you have a decision to make. And people yeah. can think, oh, well, he'll just go off the irons. Well, swinging an iron is totally different than swinging a driver. And I know because yeah. I stink at both of them. But uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just a totally different animal. So I think – I honestly think it'll be a maybe – I don't want to do this recency bias thing. He won this major, this past major. I yeah. don't think he'll win the Masters. I I think this is more of a show kind of thing. I don't think it's going to work. I do, golf has been around yeah. for over a hundred years. If this would work, every meathead would start swinging a club. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, but he's not your average meathead, as you said. No, I know he's, he's but you know what I'm saying, like. Any, yeah, no, I get you. any big guy. It, I mean, I'm, I appreciate his intelligence and stuff like that, but there's a reason why, you know, Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and all these guys weren't, you know, 240, 250, 260, and they're the best yeah. golfers in and the I world. I mean, Tiger was a crazy person for lifting. Yeah. And like Tiger kept himself in great shape, but he was never, I mean, he was a bigger dude, but he was never like a massive, like, oh, he looks like yeah. a middle linebacker guy. And even with Tiger's uh, minimal uh, weight training and stuff, it still caused issues on his back. I was just about to say, and look what happened to Tiger in different ways. when he tried so, yeah. to put on some weight and he tried to get a little bit bigger. And then all of a sudden his body started breaking down. It just doesn't. Yeah. You have to be extra careful about that kind of stuff. Well, allegedly, DeChambeau has like different monitors to check his flexibility and the stresses he's putting on. Yeah, so, and I'm sure all the I mean, PEDs he that he's using be, help too. <laughs> I was about to say, if he wants to be out here being the six billion dollar man or million dollar man whatever that old did you hear what he said you might have told me this i think i i heard this from somebody when they sources say when they asked him how many calories he was taking in during the quarantine uh to put on the weight he said i don't know somewhere around like two thousand to three thousand and i was like this is a man who's definitely not that's not true. No, that's not true. I I'd heard because him say I that. Thought, and I was like, then he's using some sort of pharmaceutical if, if he's only taking I in three thousand calories. I can't remember how many shakes. Ten. It was somewhere ten. Yeah, okay, 10. I was about to say. I know it was somewhere between five and fifteen protein. Yeah, it's ten shakes a day. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. No. There's no way. That's only two thousand. No. Maybe two thousand at one meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because to put on that kind of weight, just you, you'd have yeah, to take in at bulky. least seven to ten thousand a day. Uh, I think that was it. Was there anything? There's nothing else, else I got. Uh, do we want to talk about Tyrod and the doctor situation? Oh, yeah. We got to touch on this at least. So okay. Joe's big go-to, for those of you who don't know, Joe has kind of a um, a check your medical staff. kind of. It's almost <laughs> like a running joke, but it, in all seriousness, there's certain teams where you're kind of like, what is happening? There's, a, there's some teams out there where... Every year, you know they're going to have X amount of players hurt. And you hope they don't, but damn it, like yeah, clockwork. Just like clockwork. And then the Chargers were never one of those teams, though. Not that I ever thought of. No, 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 no. The Chargers were always one of those teams. Okay. To me, at least. To me, I don't, always. Yeah. Every year, it felt like their starting left tackle went down. Their lead running That's back true. went down. That's true. Yeah, Melvin Gordon their would get hurt a couple times. receiver would go down. It's like, man, what is that? If it's not in the AFC South, then I don't even hear about down. it. 
So yeah, no, the Chargers were always one of those teams to me. I every year in fantasy, I would stay away from a Chargers player because I'm like, I they have the boogeyman is after. Well, them, so. not the boogeyman. In this case, it was the team doctor tried to give Tyrod Taylor um, a cortisone shot, a painkiller shot for his messed up ribs, mm-hmm. and punctured his lung. Unbelievable. He should be disbarred and not have a job ever. I don't want to come after somebody's job, but he should definitely not be with the team. He should have to go retake a test or something. something. Yeah, I just, um, I've gotten a lot of those shots over the years. Um, They're not fun, they're not pleasant, but I've never worried about someone puncturing my lung because of it. Uh, And I remember last week when we talked about it, all I had heard was Tyrod Taylor was rushed to the hospital for chest pain. And I, I was kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, that's not good. Well, I think I even said in uh, on Monday, like, um, yeah, he was. Uh, I said he got a pregame shot for a, a rib injury, and there was some complication. Yeah, you, you, That's had, all you we had knew said that. that I point. thought it was like almost like That's, a an allergic reaction. Allergic reaction. Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah. Us, the That's same what I person. thought. Maybe. Um, but it was. Yeah, it was, his lung was punctured. Um, hopefully, he'll be all right. I mean, I know he'll be all right in the long run, but as far as the season, yeah. he should be fine by next week. But that's just insane to me, the fact that... It's absurd. That could even happen. And I I think that's why... I think because it was such a freak incident, that's why Lynn immediately came out and said, he can't lose his job because of this. Yeah, that's true, too. Like, that is such a bizarre way. Like, it was no fault of his own. It was strictly... a third person's yeah. And issue. sometimes we look at, I know I've, I've been guilty of this, where you kind of, as a fan um, of the sport, you kind of look at it almost like a, almost like a business. Like, oh, well, if he can't play, he's not even, you know, he's not a, a top 10 guy anyway. Get him out of there and put in Justin Herbert. Yeah. And but then it's like, oh, wait, this guy's worked his entire life to play in the NFL. And he has for many years now. And it's he's earned the right to start. And because of this freak incident, now he can't play anymore. He's earned the right to lose. Yeah, exactly. Guy. So I, I, I retract my uh previous statement from last week where i said uh just give it to justin to keep going now knowing what i know i think uh it should definitely be tyrod's job when he gets back but yeah no um also i would not want to play two out of the next three defenses if i'm just i see you looking it up who they get who are they going against uh well this week they got the panthers which not tough at all really um, but then they have the Bucks in that front line we've been talking about. Yeah, that about. crazy front seven. And then they got the Saints, who Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan. Uh, what's the corner, Marcus yep. Lattimore? Yeah. So, but then they got the Jets. That's when you want. Then they got. The, you're gonna hate me for saying this, but then they got the Jets, Dolphin, and Jags. That's when you want to start Herbert. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so you might want to sit out the next couple and then come back when it's Jets, Dolphins, and Jags. Yeah. Uh, I actually hope he comes back against the Jaguars, you know, between <laughs> Chase on and Josh Allen. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, where can we find you? Oh, Brennan? yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. I forgot to plug all my stuff. <laughs> At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy, where I talk about fun comedy stories and sit down and talk about old drinking stories with some comedy friends of mine. Joe, where are you at, man? Uh, at Joe Dorville, all Twitter and Instagram things. You can find this show at Cheering Press. Uh, I'm pretty sure Brennan will be uh, live tweeting. Heck yeah, game. Baby. Uh, you can count on that. 
Um, also, my other show, A New Low, A New Low on A New Low Pod on all social media and Twitch. Also, Who Does a Podcast uh, at Who Does a Pod on all social medias. Um, my rap album, TV by Headphone Joe, No O, No E, and Brennan. That's why we play the game. Hello. Good stuff.